It's the Stinking Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in to the Stinking Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott the Huff, producing the show. Although, as a producer, does anybody spend more time away from production than Scott the Huff? I, I tell you, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody have as good a vacation setup like this guy does. It's unbelievable. He never works. It's, it's I mean, God bless him. It's you awesome. Know? I mean, he's the lowly producer. We're the talent. Yeah. And we work more than he does. I hate that term talent, by the way. I do too. I always cringe when when people say the talent. Oh, the, talent. the talent. Yeah. The talent. But in this case, it's true. It is true. <laughs> right? We're overflowing. With hey, it. Scott, we love you. We <laughs> hope you get back at some point. I mean, you've been off for seven weeks in a row now, I think, or something like yeah. that. It's been crazy. Yeah, my resolution for 2020 what is, is to get as many days off as he does. There's well, you would not, first off, you wouldn't work anymore. That's right. You'd be retired. Uh, did you make Happy did, 2020? Did you do by that? Yeah. By the way, yeah, yeah. great. Happy to. Do you make? Are you one of those guys that that makes a bunch of resolutions that you'll never keep, or do you do any of that stuff? No, I don't do it. I start out with the best intentions every year. It's like I got to drop some weight, eat better, yeah. work out, that kind of thing. So I've begun that. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. Right. I, I, I but I try to do. I try not to take like the whole year. In its totality, I try to break it down into like certain, like so, like mm-hmm. you and I are going to be going out to the Super Bowl, sure, in Miami, yes, uh, right at the end of January. So the way I look at it is like I've got between now and us going to Miami to get in some semblance of beach shape. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different shapes that you see at the beach. The shape of a well, for instance. <laughs> the shape of a dolphin, you know? Things like that. Uh, so, I mean, shape of a beach whale. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> shape of a circus tent. You know, things that are out there on the beach. Right, right, right. 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 There's no. Many shapes. Yeah, there's many, many, many shapes <laughs> that you can see at the beach. Oh. So, you don't have to rush right into, no. you know, morphing into any of those shapes. Any uh, any thoughts as to who the two teams w- will be there that we'll be watching? Wild card weekend starts it off. I know, isn't it crazy? Who do you think? Uh, well, let's let, let's let's start there. Wild card weekend. Wild card weekend. AFC. Is this the end of the Patriots run? Does the dynasty die Saturday night? I'm not ready to write off the dynasty of the Patriots. I just am not. I mean, I th- I think one, you know, we've been trying to write them off for how many years now, and they continue to find a way. God bless you. Thank you. They continue to find a way, you know, to to win games. I mean, first off, I get that the run of the Tennessee Titans, the physicality with which they play, the way they run the ball, the resurgence of Ryan Tannehill just from, you know, from the scrap heap to the uh, the guy that's going to probably, you know, re-up or sign a big-time contract. I mean, good for him. But do you really think you're going to New England – and knocking off the Patriots in the playoffs in New England. I just, it's hard for me to fathom that. And I know that we're all, you know, looking for Tom Brady to be done, and we're so sick of Tom Brady, and we've been trying for, you know, three, five, six years, whatever it is, to write him off. But I just do not think they go quietly into the night. I think they win this game against the Titans. Now, do I think they represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? No, no. I mean, I just don't think they're going to go up to Baltimore and beat Baltimore. I don't think they're going to go to Kansas City and beat Kansas City. I just think those teams are more talented than the New England Patriots. 
but I do think they find a way to beat the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I can't help but notice the irony. The, this is the first time since 2009 that the Patriots have been forced to play on Wild Card Weekend, which is an astounding stat. Right. They've been to, what, nine straight? They had nine straight buys uh, up until this year. That is that is it's, absolutely crazy. It's like the you know it's like all the toolboxes who post social media pictures of hey here I am in two thousand nine here I am in two thousand nineteen look at how much I've changed or look how much I stay the same you know I mean I, I don't know how many times I've seen that all over social media so far but that is crazy. But that year that they were in the wild card, they played at home against Baltimore and Ray Rice ran wild right over them that day. So. Could Derrick Henry, could we be looking at another scenario like that Saturday night? Here's the thing I see with Baltimore that I don't see with anybody else. Baltimore is the only AFC team, and maybe the Broncos, that Bill Belichick doesn't have space rented in the head coach's head on uh, on the other sideline. Like, John Harbaugh, and, and it was interesting. I did a week, it was a week eight game between Baltimore and Seattle, in Seattle. My dad came down, spent the weekend with us, going through production meetings and everything else. It was really cool. I brought him to the Ravens Hotel, and he sat in the production meetings. And you know, Harbaugh must have loved poolside. Oh, Harbaugh absolutely loved pool. And he was like, "Oh, look, your dad looks like he do more push-ups than you." And he just and I was like, "Do not feed his ego, John." <laughs> I'm like, "John, stop it! Don't, right? Just stop." So, and John is, a, you know, John's a, a, a great. He's a great coach, but he was like flat out. Like, let me just tell you something right now about this team. Like, we are just. Kind of, we're just scratching the surface of all the stuff that we're doing. We're creating an entire nip, different offense that the NFL hasn't seen because we have stuff that we're not going to unleash for months that we can run. Like this is like he was so energized. You could see the football team. You could see the players that we talked to. We, you know, we talked to Earl Thomas. We talked to Lamar Jackson. We talked to. John Harbaugh. We talked to uh, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator. We talked to Wink Martindale, the defense coordinator. The end. The overall energy. And John. And John was like this. Listen, we're going to go into Seattle against the Seahawks. We're going to beat them. He goes. Then we've got New England the next week. We're going to go beat them. And I. He, he's like, Martin, people don't think we can do it. You know, kind of. This is an off the record deal. But he he's called like, a shot. Yeah. He's like, we we got to we we feel really good about where we are, but in regards to New England, like, they don't rent space in John Harbaugh's head. He's not afraid of the New England Patriots. There's no mystique, like, ooh, we're playing Bill, ooh, what are they going to do to us? Like, that that doesn't exist to him. Like, they, like, I've always believed this about great red zone teams. Great red zone teams have an ability to dictate in the red zone to you. You react to them. They say, this is what we're going to do, stop it. And you just can't. And I believe that's how the Baltimore Ravens and John Harbaugh approach the New England Patriots. No, we ain't go. We're, ooh, what nifty tricks are they going to have up their sleeves? You know, ooh, what kind of, what are they going to do that we haven't prepared for? No, they're like, no, screw you guys. We're going to be us. 
We're going to do what we do. How do you react to it? And and I believe that that's a you know that's a a position or a power of strength that they operate from that very few do. The other AFC wild card game, Buffalo at Houston. Buffalo really impressed me with the way that they went up to New England in that that big matchup a couple weeks ago and just how they 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 handled it. They didn't seem overwhelmed. They didn't have enough horses. They got beat. But the moment certainly didn't seem too big for them. Mm-hmm. Houston's always been kind of a hard team to figure out. You know, they, they you just get the sense right. that they should be, that they've underachieved come playoff time, that mm-hmm. they should be doing more. So what happens in this one? Well, you, here's, here's the way I would go. I mean, I think that you look at Deshaun Watson as just an incredible young quarterback, right? And you look at some of the offensive offensive weapons that they have, um, Hopkins and some of the other guys that they have, and and I really I really like the that part of their football team. But I go back to what I know wins, especially come playoff time, is people who control the line of scrimmage. And when I watch the Buffalo Bills, like I like their young quarterback. A bit inconsistent when it comes to throwing the ball. You know, it's not always going to be great. It's not always going to be look pretty. They don't rely on him to drop back 35 times and say, hey, man, you got to cut him up from the pocket. Like, he is going to convert on third down, both throwing it and running it. He's a threat there, but they physically dominate people. They will play smash mouth with you under Sean McDermott. They'll control the line of scrimmage. They will run the ball consistently. Um, who's a running back Singletary? Yep. He, the, the kid has been really good. And and defensively, they're one of the top as far as complete defenses, one of the top in just about every category. Like they're a top five defense scoring, a top five defense just as an overall defense from a yardage standpoint. Um, they can rush the quarterback. They, like they do everything well, Mike. And I always think about it this way. Like, all things being equal, if the quarterbacks are, if there's not just the biggest discrepancy in the world between the two quarterbacks, you win the line of scrimmage, you're pretty good. You're pretty much going to win all your games. And I just think the uh, the Buffalo Bills are are a team that just captures and wins the line of scrimmage on both defense and offense. So I'll I'll take the Buffalo Bills going to Houston to win that one. All right, over in the NFC, you got New Orleans as hot as as any team. In, in football right now, they're playing in the safety of that dome. It's a tall, tall task for Minnesota. And Kirk Cousins, here we go. Right. Big game. Big game Kirk. Hasn't exactly been that way in his career. So Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell you, I did Minnesota's last game. They yeah. rested all their starters. Against Chicago, yeah. Against Chicago. But I've always been a Kirk Cousins fan. I, I have, really man. have. Yep. And – Watching the tape of the Monday night game where they lose that that last Monday night game of the season against the Packers, and the Packers just dominated them. And I don't even know, I don't even remember what the score was. They turned the pack over the the Packers over three times in the first half, um, all on their side of the field, and they came away with ten points. And it was the first time that I'd really watched Kirk Cousins look like he was overwhelmed. 
like there's been games where he's lost and, and you know, in these primetime games, these Monday night games and, and things of that nature. But it was it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, part of it obviously is they weren't winning the one on ones outside. They weren't running the ball. They had Delvin Cook was out, so their screen game and all that was gone. And and Kirk was taken in the teeth. Like they couldn't block Zadarius Smith and you know, there's a lot of other factors in there. But there were times on some third downs and some times when he did get protected where he just looked like, I got to get rid of the ball. I got, like, like there was there just was that feel of, ugh, this doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is outstanding. New Orleans is a great, obviously a great football team. They really are. And, and they don't get enough credit for being physical. They don't get enough credit for being able to run the ball. They don't get enough credit on the defensive side for what they've been able to accomplish. Um, you see, don't you feel like at some point they were my Super Bowl pick before the season started? Don't you feel at some point like the the football gods are going to smile down on them based upon their exits the last two yeah, years? Yeah, they had the pass interference exit last year, yep. right? And then they had the the Minneapolis miracle, or yep. I mean, yep. I, I just feel like at some point they're due. Yeah, they're just due. They're due. I hey, I, I look at them right now and. They'd be my pick. They'd be my pick to go to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. right now, uh, and, and and they look that good. So, all right, we both agree with with them. Uh, Seattle, Philly, oddsmakers only have it basically a pick'em game. I think Seattle last time I checked was like a one point favorite. Um, Seattle's been really good on the road this year, going back traveling east. They've they've had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet you you you've been impressed by what you've seen from Carson Wentz lately. Carson's been really good, yeah. I mean, you think about what they've been able to accomplish with some of the injuries, the lack of depth, the receiver position. I mean, they got some like like some former quarterback playing a receiver has been their number one guy. So um, he has played really, really well. This is one of the things that I love too. When I did, I did one of their games week nine, I believe, um, against Chicago, and I spent a lot of time on the field before the game, talking with Josh McCown, who's been around for a hundred years, right? And like they brought him in because he understands the game. He's super intelligent. He, he he gets all that stuff. But his whole job is just to mentor. And here you've got Carson Wentz was the number two overall pick who rose to start him right away. Right, blew out, blew out his knee in his second year going into the playoffs. The team wins the Super Bowl under the backup quarterback. Then last year, you know, has another injury back yep. and misses time last year. And and part of Josh McCown's kind of his job requirement, he's forty something, is just to mentor a guy and give a veteran set of eyes and and you know not to compete with that quarterback, but to complete him, right. to help make him the guy he is. And it was fascinating talking to Josh about that role and how much he relishes the opportunity to kind of be a coach on the football field. And it's really cool. And I think what you've seen is I think you've seen that, you know, I think you've seen Carson here really grow down the stretch. And um, I just I find it fascinating what they've been able to do again where they've been a two tight end dominant centric with Mm -hmm. Zach Ertz and – Oh, who's the other? Is it Goddard? Dallas, they, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, yeah that they, that they picked up where they have really become that kind of mm-hmm. offense, and so 
all that all that said, Seattle is just the king of winning, you know, one score, field goal, one like they've got you look at down their their wins this year. They have three one point victories. Yeah, they're just so mentally tough. Aren't right. They? Yeah, they really they really are. Um Marshawn Lynch looked better than you thought, or he did. He's just he's fun to have it. He's fun to have around. Like I've, I I love that guy. So um, but shockingly, he looked he looked better than I anticipated. Yep. They they just haven't really played very well here down the stretch. The last couple of games, they lost a game, obviously last week to the the 49ers to win that division, close game at the very end, and then they got they got kind of boat raced in Arizona, which was surprising. Or at, I think it was at home though, right? Was it at home? Yeah, because I didn't I call a game in Arizona against Seattle that the Seattle won this year. Yeah, like week four. So. Yeah, I, I was just I'm shocked that they just there's there's something offensively not really kicking cl- clicking and and defensively um they're a team that's really interesting because they're a team that wants to match up base personnel to all your nickel stuff because their linebackers can run like the win. Now Kendricks is out now because of the injury that he suffered in week 17, I believe. But like that's something that they've done, and they haven't really gotten much pass rush. One of the reasons, and this is nerdy technical football stuff, but when you play that base defense to a lot of that stuff, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of unfavorable pass rush kind of alignments. So, for instance, when you play three linebackers, you walk up that weak side linebacker, that will linebacker on the line of scrimmage, which means your defensive end sinks head up over the tackle which they call a four technique, it's not a great pass rushing position, right? You'd like more width from that guy. You'd like to drop him off, drop the linebacker deeper and have more width there to to get a pass. But a lot of times they'll get on the line of scrimmage based upon what you're in, and that creates a a situation where you're not a great pass rushing, advantageous pass rusher. And then um, your other defensive end oftentimes lines up on the tight end that's in line on as a what they call a six technique, head up over the tight end. Mm-hmm. So you're not in great pass rushing, like you're not in a great position to pass rush, but they love the defense because Bobby Wagner can run and is a great coverage guy. Um, you look at, obviously, Michael Kendricks is the same, can run, he's a great coverage guy. And then K.J. Wright is as good as it is at Sam. From a coverage standpoint, from being able to play man matchup man because they play a lot of uh, matchup three, so you know you're you're dropping down, you're trying to take away curls, but you can run up and match up on a linebacker or on excuse me on a running back out in the flat and do all those things. So, like they're really they're really good at that, but they have not rushed the passer exceptionally well because of some of that. Um, this is a really interesting matchup. I'll probably take Seattle because I just think overall they're a better football team, but I won't be surprised at all if Philly advances. So the uh, the action will be good this weekend with uh, Wild Card Weekend, but a lot of action uh, behind the by all the teams that are out of the playoffs, coaching changes. Mm-hmm. I, I think the thing that has surprised me the most is that we have become so conditioned to, what, six, seven coaches getting fired every right. single year. Teams show very little in the way of patience, very little in the way of, trying to maintain continuity. It's always on to the next best big thing. But yet we've seen Atlanta stay put with Dan Quinn, uh, Detroit stay put with Matt Patricia, and most surprisingly, I thought, was Jacksonville maintaining the status quo 
with uh, Doug Marone and GM Dave Caldwell. Yeah, really, really surprising, and and it's funny because they all assumed, and I did a couple of Jacksonville games at the end of the game at the end of the year where they all assumed they were going to get fired, and you know there was a lot of strife within that organization, the specter that is. Uh, Tom Coughlin hanging over everybody and kind of some of the dysfunction from an organizational standpoint because you don't have one clear-cut kind of voice. You've got the Dave Caldwell, you know, being overseen by Tom Coughlin um, with Doug Marone mixed in there, and there was clearly a disconnect from an organizational standpoint, and there was clearly a lot of finger-pointing. I'll admit it, that guy's fault. You know, I'll admit it, he, like, like, not a lot of thumb pulling, a lot of finger pointing. So I was really surprised. I, I, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure Marone was really surprised that they they wanted to retain him. And and here's my deal. Like, I always, I know you're not supposed to root, but you can't help but root for good people. Doug Marone's a good man. Yeah. He's a good man. I want him to have success. Like, mm-hmm. Dan Quinn is a good man. I want him to have success. Like I, I was really excited that those two guys got retained, and I don't have a like I don't have a dog in the fight, you know. I mean, I but I want the good people, the guys that I think do it right. Right. I want those guys to have have you know the best of opportunities. So I just thought it was. I just thought those things were great, and I and I think it's also a good sign for the National Football League. Continuity does matter, and it's hard to fix things in a year or two years, right? And so. I think it's important. I mean, all you have to do is look no look no further than the uh, the case study that is the Cleveland Browns. Oof. I mean, when you have that kind of turnover and you have that kind of dysfunction and you have, I mean, how does anybody come in there and have success? And we thought they were climbing out of that. Right. And now they seem to be right back into the factory right. of sadness. Yeah. Right. I mean, when Matt Rule, the, the report was Matt Rule, who's the Baylor coach, who's Everybody is just raves about Matt Rule and what he's done in Baylor and who and the man that he is and the coach that he is. When he says, no, I'd rather stay at Baylor than come interview, like turning down interviews to go to Cleveland. Like, what does that say about you as a franchise and organization? Well, I could also say that he he knows he's ticketed maybe for the Giants job. Yeah, sure. But don't you at least go in? I mean, like if you have one person vying for your services, that's organized begging. If you had two people vying for your services, that's negotiation. True. And so why would you limit your ability to negotiate if, you know, I mean, that that that's what, and maybe you just want to stay in college. Yeah. Maybe you want to get one of these, the, these you know, these SEC jobs or one of these jobs that. Uh, hey, everybody waits for, is waiting for Lincoln Riley to leave and he keeps staying at Oklahoma every year. Yeah, because I, I always look at it like, why would you – college football, that lifestyle, why would you yeah. leave that? Don't your assistant coaches do most of your recruiting? You just you just go in and, and you know – Close. And you just go in and close on the big ones, yeah. right? So, and, and, I mean, I just would think that there's less stress. I mean, come on, at Oklahoma, for Lincoln Riley, you're winning. Just on talent alone, you're winning nine games. Mm-hmm. Like you're always going to win 10, 11 games. Yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple of schools that will challenge you athletically, but most of the time you can roll out and just athlete for athlete. You can out athlete the other team. Pro football doesn't work that way. Uh, you like Ron Rivera to DC with the Redskins? I think that's a that's a nice move for Washington. I, I like Rivera. I love Ron. I love Riverboat Ron. Ron is a good man. 
another guy I root for. He's a good man. Um, he's going to a, a shit organization, mm-hmm. and I can say that because I know I know when it was a great organization, and he that's the there. owner. Yeah, that's the owner. So, you know, I mean, I don't know that anybody, I don't know that anybody will ever have success while that guy owns it. It's important uh, to know what you don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, when Dwayne Haskins was in a, in a moment of rare honesty and candor, right, acknowledged that he shut it down because the owner told me to. Yeah, the the, the owner called down and said Dwayne can't go in because he twisted his ankle anymore and yeah. took Dwayne out of the game. Yeah. Oof. I mean, come on. Oof. When when you circumvent that authority, man, come on. That is some uh, that is some puppet string manipulating that even Jerry Jones would sit back and go, oof, that's good. Yeah, Ooh, what, man, that what, guy's what, got what that is, guy's got his fingers on the pulse. What is happening with what's your read on this whole Jason Garrett thing? I mean, come on, make up your mind. Pull off, you? uh, please pull off the band aid, yeah, right? Come on, you're creating a position for Jason Garrett that will be acceptable to Jason Garrett within the organization, like you know the grand poobah of stuff and things. Like <laughs> you, you're going to be the president of stuff and and, and things. <laughs> You know, and, and let's let's negotiate a price that's going to cost you just to hang around here, right? To be in charge of stuff and things, <laughs> stuff and things. I like that. Uh, yeah, not, I mean, that, not that, stuffing things. No, stuff and, and things. things. <laughs> that's that's what they're doing. Yeah, now you're He'll, right. I'll put you on special assignment. You're going to go scout the quarterbacks yeah. for us, and I'm going to put you on special assignment. You're going to go, you know, shake hands and kiss babies when, um, you know when corporations pay to stay at our hotel and come watch practice like yeah you're you're in charge of stuff and things what's that what's that going to cost us million million two like what's it going to cost us to make you the grand poobah of stuff and things that's cowboys yeah cowboys there's another team that's not going to win anything who's going to take that job yeah with a good well listen man they got tons of talent they're great it's a great it's a great job somebody will take it you know somebody who wants an opportunity to coach or get back into coaching and yeah but come on, I mean, it, how how hard is it to have any semblance of of success when you always got a guy that wants you know that wants his shine? All right, I mean, well, he comes down from the owner's box every, to what yeah. to address the team yeah. after every game. And he does, holds a press conference in the and, locker room for twenty thirty minutes just as the GM. Right? Come on, uh, yeah, right. you're right, and and well, the record backs it up. So ever since he ran Jimmy Johnson out, yeah, you know he won a Super Bowl with Barry Switzer. He couldn't. You and I could have coached that team to a Super Bowl. They were so loaded. Yeah, but since then, nothing, nothing. And you you don't think that there's a cause and effect there? Absolutely. Of course there is. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So wild card weekend, you're going to go uh, New England, Buffalo, New Orleans, Seattle. Seattle. Okay. You. Uh, I'm gonna go Tennessee. Oh, you hate. should we do point? Hey, you, you actually hate you do, Tom Brady. Wanna, let's do yeah. our, we have a, let's do All our right. moneymaker picks. Okay, right. moneymaker picks. The line picks. I think is New England. Hey, wait a minute, I'll get the line. get the lines here. Get the lines. Can I get some effort in music? All right, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me get to the NFL here on the app. Okay, I'm on the Yahoo Sports app right now. Okay, right. picks Bills. Bills. Uh, Bills. Houston minus two and a half over the Bills. Taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bills too. All right. Okay. Tennessee, New England minus five over Tennessee. I'm going to take Tennessee. 
Okay, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Patriots for a touchdown. All right. Vikings minus eight to the Saints. It's a big number, but I'm taking the I'm I'm giving the number. I'm giving the points. You're I'm going the Saints. Points? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead ahead with me. It's eight. Eight. Right. That's a lot of points. I'm gonna take Minnesota. Okay. Saints win, but All right. Minnesota keeps it, you know, touchdown. Eagles, Seahawks, Seahawks minus a point and a half. Oh, it's a tough one. They always play these one-point games. Yes. They're, I'll, they're, I'll, deg- they're begging you to take the Eagles. I'm taking the Seahawks. You're going to take the Seahawks. I think Carson Wentz has just been chomping at the bit to get, you know, to show what he can do in the playoffs. He's missed out because of injuries. Philly, cold. Yeah, give me, give me Philly. I'll take Philly plus the point and a half. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right, buddy. No, sounds good. All right. For everybody involved with the Stinky Truth Podcast, I'm Mark. He's Mike. Scott on the uh, board. We appreciate you. We'll be back with you next week.